1: Welcome to the Nina Kaza Show, brought to you in partnership with LibertyShield.com, the perfect VPN companion for all your football viewing, where you can get 25% off everything using the coupon code AIVPN. With Liberty Shield, you can access free UK TV from anywhere, including BBC BBC iPlayer, and, of course, you can watch Match the Day, because I know you'll want to watch that game again. Plus Sky Go, beauty sports for all your Champions League football, all the rest pre- Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues games. Why not, guys? Take advantage. Take advantage of that discount code. And let's talk about the game. Liverpool 2, that shovel shit. No, one more time for the cheap seats in the back. Man United are done. Finished. I am fucking loving it. I oh my god, twenty years of bullshit. My turn now, motherfuckers. My turn. I'm glowing. Anyway, enough about that. I have guests. I have callers. I'm calm. Let's see what they gotta say. Joining me, you know what? It's a repeat from the lester game, so I'm gonna call them the trusty duo. First up, I am joined by Kev Hegarty. Kev, welcome to the show.
2: Nina, thank you for having me. Great day to be here. Can't wait to talk about this one.
1: I know, it's going to be awesome. And a guy that has a flawless record on the Nina Couser show, it's Rhys Chambers, writer for AI, and now it's going to be a regular podcaster. He might have that lucky win streak like cozy as well. Welcome back, Rhys.
3: Oh, uh, Yeah, I'm not sure if it's lucky or not. I think it's just how it is these days, isn't it? So, yeah, um, hopefully every time I'm on we can carry on winning, but that seems to be every week, so yeah.
1: Amazing.
4: Yeah, and if you think about it, anyone who's started this year on the pods with you has pretty much won (laughs) it.
1: Listen, I'm like Jurgen Klopp. All right, I got to elevate my team.
3: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate
1: it. You know, every single one of them is important. Every single one of them. Anyway, guys, um, before we get to our first caller, I just want to know how you feel about that because United is a big game to me. I think you all know that, all the listeners know that, our our subscribers that are joining us live on Discord also know this. Everyone knows this. It's a huge game for me, and where I live as well, obviously. Um, I want to come to you, Kev. I mean, what does that personally mean to you?
2: Well, it's. I mean we have all these sort of fake rivalries over the years with one with Chelsea when Rafa was here. And now this sort of fake one with city because of Pep and Klopp and us being the two best teams. But every season when the, when the league fixers come out, you look for Everton United. Right. And it's always been like that. And my parents are scousers. So, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. grew up, I grew up with that sort of in my blood and we always look for the United match. We always get together for the United match and, uh, and, It's huge. It's just huge. And you can see the way even even Klopp sometimes makes some questionable decisions um, or, you know, the team isn't always at our best when we play United. And it just shows that it's a true rivalry where sometimes the rule book gets thrown out the window. Um, But more recently, uh, we've been getting the upper hand and, you know, so fuck them, you know, 30 points behind with a game in hand. Love it. (laughs)
1: couldn't put it better myself yeah it wasn't the easiest viewing you did you know we'll obviously get into the game in a minute and what about you Reese? how I mean what does it personally mean to you
3: yeah um similar really because having grown up in an era where United have dominated quite a lot you I think fans even who aren't Liverpool fans just inherently hate United as well so for me it, it, it is one of like Kev said one of the biggest games of the season and I think it's probably like there's a lot more pressure on Liverpool now to win, um, given how much better they are than United. Um, So, yeah, I was quite nervous going into the game, but then obviously to get the win, yeah, it's great. Um, And now we've beaten every team in the Premier League and it's 22 games in. So, it's, yeah, it's it's great. Well, technically,
4: we haven't played West Ham yet. So, oh, yeah, Yeah. but
2: (laughs) we've got to play them twice a month. Well, so we beat, we beat every team in the Premier League. Got it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, think we can be confidence. I, I
1: think for me, we touched on something really important there. That you know, like people just genuinely just hate like Man United before I started sporting Liverpool I knew I did not like Man United because yeah. they were just dominant you know I think you're absolutely spot on you know I I all the kids were all United fans and I was like this shit is not for me I mean of course I had mum and dad and you kind of rep- you rebel against anything that they like anyway because anything your parents like usually isn't really cool but that's what I was Led to bleep. But anyway, guys, aside from you, Kev, obviously your parents had excellent taste, scouses and all that as well. You know, you were raised all good. I was not as raised by the devil, came good. We have a caller joining us. Let's go straight to him. He's not really much of a caller. He's more like family. And you know what? It was his birthday and the reds always disrespect him on his birthday. Not the case this time around, Harinda, Welcome to the show. Hello. Oh, uh,
0: do you know what? This is beautiful. I'm parked up right around the corner from Goodison. The fucking Scruffs must be at home crying. You fucking cheap bastards with your wooden stadium. Do you know what? Earlier, uh, there is a cheap plug for Money Talks. Money Talks said that they're going to get rid of trees in Stanley Park. I said to that, it's very simple. Liverpool just got a replanting exercise to improve the environment and the area around Anfield by simply planting all the trees around Goodison because people have had to look at that fucking shower of shit for so many years. Now, talking of shower of shits, fuck you, United. Fuck you, city. Fuck all of the bastards that turned around and said, you know what, Liverpool are done. They'll never do it. They need VA. They're Liverpool. They need VAR. VAR saved these bastards today from being 3-0 down in the first half. They were fucking turbo gash rubbish up until the 70th minute, where we decided to go to sleep for about 10 minutes or so. But do you know what? We have two beautiful bastards in our team. Actually, no, we've got 11 be- Oh Fuck, do you know what? We've got a squad of beautiful bastards. Because one beautiful bastard smacked it all the way up to the other pitch to the other beautiful bastard who put it between De Gea's legs. All I have to say to you is this. My question to the panel, which is the same panel from Leicester when I thought, you know what, I'm going to believe... Now you have to believe, cause even the fucking cop is singing t- and telling you to believe when you are sixteen points ahead of fucking anything near you with games in hand. Games in hand. I ask you this, the panel: What does Nina say to her mum? <laughs>
1: I will go to Kevin. I'm like, Gags is gonna come in on this as like well, because Gags knows me like really well and he knows my mom really well. And mean, oh, you can chime and in. Nice. You're my, you're my
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kevin, you know me pretty well. What do I say to my mom?
2: Oh, I don't know. Um I don't know what I am trying to put myself in your shoes if my mom was a was a United <laughs> supporter. She's not, but if she was. Um I would give her a day. Just because she'd probably beat me with a wooden spoon when I'm laying down if I got her today. um, And I'd just be whistling, and now you're going to believe us all around the house, I think. So I think that's your approach. Wiggle in, and now you're going to believe us to some sort of conversation or song or play it in the background, play it in the radio in the car. Mm -hmm. However you can do it, that's what you should do.
1: Okay, nice advice. I think I should let listeners know what happened last season was, should I hate this game because no one can celebrate goals. And I was so confident that we were going to hammer them last season. I feel I was like, no, mom. if they score, you, if you, your team scores, you can celebrate because I fucking knew we were going to win. So of course we go ahead. It was Marnie. I celebrated. She gave me like the most disgusting look. And then of course we kind of like make problems for ourselves they get back in the goal her in the nosy story she's like giving it the whole shoulders like yes 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 we've done something and then Shakeri comes in and completely crushes them and you know and I do my post-match show and she's like just completely deflated and uh, you know it's actually quite sad to see you know match the day was pretty much boycotted in our house that day Gads are you there? I am you, you know, you know my mom. I will come to Reese as well. We'll come to Reese at the end because obviously he knows very little about the situation. What do I say to her?
4: Nothing. I can't remember what you're
1: talking about. <laughs> about mom, how, how, what, what do I say to her? Do I console her? Do I rub it in?
4: No, you don't actually. I think you've been all right, unless she's giving you the attitude. Then you, then, then, then you, then you just, then you go mental. But if she's I think, like, I
1: think need to know though when i was a kid and united used to beat us her and dad used to celebrate my first mate. yeah time. yeah
4: but now she's like she's like played the truce game and then in the last game last year at anfield i remember you telling me that she started celebrating when they equalized and then you yep. said right that's it now you're dead and then shakiri <laughs> scored twice and you celebrated around the room and she didn't speak to anyone for a few days oh
1: dear yeah oh dear she is literally the most hilarious She Different in my house.
4: My dad, as soon as AI Pro started and it became a business, my dad said, fuck that. Give me an Anfield index shirt. I'm not a United fan anymore. If it's my son's life, and if it's becoming that big a part of my son's <laughs> life, I, I disown Manchester United and I follow you, kid, Good and man. I am now a Liverpool fan. And to be honest, he's been watching every game. We don't watch football together still because we fought so much in our lives when we watched... Man United, Liverpool, we couldn't. Basically, there's only games of Man United or Liverpool on in the house. If we watched them, we'd be against each other. We'd fight every time. Even if it wasn't Liverpool v United, like we'd be supporting the opposite team. So it was awful. It was really like, I, I, you know, when people say, um, you don't know what it's like to be a Liverpool fan. You don't, you don't suffer. You don't feel no pain. You know what? You don't know anything if you say that. Because here in the Midlands, we are surrounded. Our life is surrounded by United fans. There is only two teams supported, and all the people that supported Liverpool in the 80s, well, not all, a lot of the fucking glory-hunting twats went over to support United. So they've made our life hell for 30 years. 30 years. You think we haven't suffered? We've suffered like fuck, man. We've suffered like for Everyone anywhere that has any United fans in their life has suffered like fucking crazy, and you think we shouldn't be unbearable and we shouldn't enjoy this. Fuck you, and if you think that we haven't suffered as well... Fuck you. That's to Reds if they think that we haven't suffered. I'm telling you now, this is unbelievable. This is beautiful for us. And emotionally, this win is so big. Because um, that's why the cop did that, because they've suffered. Those people have suffered. That's why they sang that song at the end because Against them. Against it's suffering them. against that club, that those fans, their players, that dickhead Ole. We've suffered against all of them. And it's our time. It's our time now
1: absolutely all I'm gonna say is I always think why could Liverpool be this good when I was at high school you know I was saving years of like having the piss ripped me Reece, what about you I mean if you had a parent that spotted United or if you were me what would you do would you be a bit more pragmatic I'm I'm intrigued it's it's a hard one for me because she is generally the nicest Man United fan you'll you'll ever come across
3: yeah well I've not come across many uh nice Man United fans, so I can't. it's hard to uh put <laughs> myself in your shoes. But I d I, I don't know. I what can you do? There's not really much you can do other than enjoy it and just sit back and relax, put your feet up is is very rare um opportunities in your life. You can do that when you support supporting a football club. So I think just let her drink it in as well and make sure she remembers it in years to come, I guess.
2: Good, yeah, maybe you me? don't say anything that would annoy me if, <laughs> <you're> just, <laughs> just waiting for something to come that never comes
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah just keep it yeah keep her hanging i like it i like it guys what about you harinda I'll let you have the final say and then we'll we'll finish off
0: it's very simple book your mama fucking spa weekend everything on you know what best place you can find that money can afford take her out treat her fantastically and go do you know what this is the best it's going to get for you because you shouldn't watch football anymore. <laughs> you might as well just give up. You know what? You don't want to support Liverpool? Don't worry. Just don't watch football. Here you go. You know what? And, and to get over the pain, here's something nice. Because every time you watch United play, it's going to be shit. You're going to have daggers in your eyes. You, you've got Ole at the wheel who can't fucking drive. Who the fuck gave him a license? He fucking turbo gashed. And he's going off in the press mouthing around in regards to, oh, you know what, you can't say that Klopp's great yet. You can't say Klopp's great yet. At least he's in the fucking conversation, they to be great. You're never going to be in the conversation to be anything apart from some fuckwit who came from mould, who's mouldy. Soz about you, as they would say locally in Liverpool. And soz about Everton as well, who are even worse. Do you know what? This shower of shit has also cried and sat there and tried to support United or anybody else around us every single time we played in uh, opposition. And they wanted they used to go and get fucking Man City shirts. How excited they were about things. What are they going to do with their Man City shirts now? They won't even be able to put them on fucking eBay. Who's going to buy them? Nobody. Suffer. I want everyone to fucking suffer now. And you know what? Here's another cheap plug. Go and buy your Unbearables top now. Wear it with pride. Wear it everywhere you go at every chance you get, every AIT. opportunity.
4: Go. You, Go. You've got.
1: Weddings, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Ber-
0: weddings, <laughs> birthdays, bar mitzvahs, you name it. You wear that top. Nothing else because everyone be fucking silent. And you can sit there and you can show the world how gleeful you are. How unbearable you are. Because it's done. It's done. I said it at Leicester. I didn't want to, I was so, like, this, you know, I can't believe this team's just amazing. Oh, surgically, we're carving these fuckers apart. I can't believe it's only two nil. I can't believe it's only two nil. And that's what you do with your mum, by the way. There you go, Nina. Take her out, show her the best time in the world, and go because your football team ain't going to show you that for shit for many years. That's how you do it.
1: I could buy her a present. Unbearable hoodie, anyone? Just, just,
4: just take her on holiday, <laughs> Nina. Just take her on holiday. She'll be fine.
1: You know what, that's already um, pretty much arranged. We will be doing that pretty soon. Right, Harinda, thank you so much. Have a safe drive. And I'm so glad you were there enjoying that as usual.
0: So was the king of Scotland. Wait till you get hold of him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Bye. Okay, so Take care. Bye. So that was Harinda. We are joined by... Um, A familiar voice on the Nina Couser show. One day I will know his real name, but I operate on usernames. It's G's on toast. Welcome to the show.
5: Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me back again. Yeah, my name's Nick. I think Gags knows this, but yeah.
1: Nice to meet you, Nick. I shall remember that now.
4: (laughs) Mr. Turner, yes. Welcome. Yes,
5: indeed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what a game. How great was that? Um, The first half, I mean... I wanted to just talk about a little bit about the first half, especially because I thought the second half was, you know, it was a bit more tense in the second half, wasn't it? It was a little bit, you know, a little bit tricky uh, up until stoppage time anyway. But the first half, I mean, I, I counted that uh, we could have been about 6-0 up by half time, um, or, or maybe 6-1 with um, the Pereira miss when he <laughs> slid post. And, um but obviously, we we had the goal that stood, and then we had VAR ruling out the Firmino goal after VVD on De Gea, which everyone in the studio and everyone in the commentary and everyone thought that was not a foul, yet VAR did. And, you know, that's a big talking point. That it is. And then and then we had Bobby, who was through on an open goal and missed. We had a couple of great chances for Mane. Um, and we had and the De cat thinks it's
4: foul as well, by the way. Sorry? Your cat thinks it's a foul as
5: well. <laughs> oh, does he? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, it was really interesting to see the the rant from uh Sooners at half time saying, you know, there's absolutely no way that's a foul and the game's completely gone and it's interesting. But 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 overall my main point was uh, Ginny. I think Ginny Wynald had such a fantastic first half. You know, he was everywhere. He was he was pressing, he kept possession, he was making some great runs into the box. Um and he was, you know, Apart from the offside, the marginal offside. It was offside. You know, he was so close to having an absolutely fantastic first uh, And Henderson probably did better overall and, and in the second half, and that's why Sky gave him man of the match. But I think Ginny is the main point today. He was, he's, he's very underrated. He did really well. And yes, by the way, I'll also be ordering the Unbearables t-shirt as soon as I get. So, yeah.
4: Nina, you there? Or have you gone?
1: Oh, sorry, I was on mute and I was yapping away. This is what happened. Sorry. Um, um, Rhys, I, I think you know um, Nick has made some really excellent points. there, kind of highlighting the kind of midfield, and I think it was one of those games for me today where I actually thought the midfield played really well, in particular like the two players that um, Nick highlighted in in Henderson and Ginny. I thought it was easy in the first half. I thought you know like in the midfield they didn't really have much of a hold of the game, but I think. Nick Spot on I think Ginny is massively underrated. I think I think what he kind of showed was how he kinda of kept the ball and how he was kind of demonstrating again and again and again and he does this every single week is how press resistant he is.
3: Yeah, I thought he was really um I think economical is probably the word I used to describe Ginny Wine because he never yes. seems to do anything wrong. He's just um Sort of eight, eight out of ten every game. And I thought he had one of his better games today, probably a bit above that. But, um, yeah, I agree with what Nick said about Wijnaldum I thought Henderson was good as well. Um, but I, I just wanted to kind of make a little point on, um, Van Dyke. I know we take him for granted kind of now because he's been so good for about 18 months, but the way he just snuffs out the danger and if anything does get through that midfield, he's just superb. Um, the way he just seems to do it so nonchalantly and just, kind of as if like Man United were joking to even try and attempt to get past him. But yeah, I thought um yeah, I did think the midfield were good and I think um how United lined up with um a three five two or a five three two, whichever way you put it, that um midfield battle was key in the way that Winealdum and Henderson managed to uh boss that game, especially in the first sort of forty five to sixty minutes, was um impressive and a, a big part of how we controlled the game.
1: Absolutely. And what about you, Kev? What did you make of the midfield and certainly how they set up in the first half?
2: Yeah, I, just, I mean, just got to echo Reece, uh there. Um, Ginny is just, I, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen a bad home game from I mean, I don't, seen, I don't think I've seen many bad games at all from him. He's just, uh, I guess, economical is a good, a good way to put it. He's just, every time he's out there, he knows what he has to do. He never loses the ball. Um, but at home, he just I don't know. He just seems so much better to me than away. And today was one of the better performances. And I think we kind of needed it in the first half. We, I think we pretty much were in cruise control the whole match. I wasn't, I was feeling very comfortable, especially after, uh, after the first goal. But, um, in the second half, you, you can kind of see how well the, f- the middle three worked in the first half. Cause after Ox comes off, we sort of lose control a little mm. bit. Yeah. Um, and. You know, then Genie and Hendo had to work extra hard and they did to their credit, uh, to kind of try to keep us in this. It it became a lot of up and back then rather than control. And, um, but I think that, yeah, they both had great games. Um, I thought Genie probably was the better, uh, Probably the best midfielder we had today. So yeah, and he does he does a lot of things that I don't think people notice. He does a lot of things that I don't I don't notice. The guy just seems to be in a team that wins. Um, but if you look at the stats, they don't really show up for what he does aside from you know possession. He's there. He's just there. Yeah. He's pass
4: pass lane blocker king and yeah. then picks up everything that falls out and and his arse was man of the match in the first half. Because <laughs> yeah. so let's be honest, that was a it wasn't the best half. It wasn't no, we didn't create no. much. It was we created much more in the first in that twenty minute spell in the second half, we created more than the whole the rest of the game. Like way more than the rest of the game. So but his arse yeah. was on fire in that first <laughs> half. Like not in a bad way, but as in literally blocked everyone out, pushed everyone away. It's you know, it needs its own T-shirt to be honest. Yeah,
2: you right. sort of see these. Uh, if you guys watch basketball, it sort of. Uh,
4: you just positioning like great man. Yeah,
2: somebody like Charles Barkley wasn't the biggest guy ever, but just dominated because he just threw his ass around to push people around and. Kept control of the ball and found an outlet and moved on, and that's kind of what he has got. Did. Massive
4: legs as an agent, massive size. <laughs> like that's what that's what the base is you know. It pushes him into his place. You can't push him off the ball either. He's he's press resistant at times. He's just he's just fantastic. He's, just he's an athlete. about time he's getting it. Yeah, even the stats can't tell you these things, but you, you can watch and you can see that there's some intangibles that we don't see. I I really want to see a way of trying to get this you know when you block lanes are passing it's very very important you're stifling right. the opposition you're stopping them from going to positions where they need to be and i think he's key to that so yeah but his us wow yeah.
2: <laughs> you sort of have to add up everything that we know from stats and subtract it off and go like, what's left is Genie. And that's why, that's why we're so dumb. <laughs> oh, <his ass>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's this left this is just
4: We just stop talking about Genie's ass. It's a funny <laughs> Hey, it's in the football sense. It's nothing to like anything else.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's also a beautiful man, but, <laughs> but aside the point. Yeah. No, he was, he was great today. And Henderson was great. Um, Lana really struggled, but, um, I thought Ox did well in the first half, but as Gag said, it wasn't our best half but we were in cruise control and i didn't feel really nervous at all in the first half it kind of fell apart a bit in the second but yeah guys were good The midfield was good
1: midfield is good really enjoyed it well nick i'll hand it over back to you, you you've heard what the guys have said i thought that you know they all much agree with you that the midfield played very well let you have the final say
5: um yeah i mean that, that's it really there's not much more to say is there i think it was, it was a fantastic game and it was just, it was great, you know, the, the second half was so tense and it was great when we had that sort of release in stoppage time when De Gea was, like, so, sort of coming up for the um, for the last corner and then he was told, no, 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 don't come up, but he came up to the halfway line and it wasn't enough. Um, but, yeah, a great ending to a game, and a great game, and, uh, and we won.
1: Well, you know what? Yeah. Before I let you go, I'll ask you one question. Hmm. Are you... Are you all pretty much on the camp of that's it now, done and dusted?
5: (laughs) I'm still not prepared. I'm still not prepared (laughs) to say that we've won it. Although, you know, seeing City and Leicester both drop points today is very encouraging indeed, but I'm still not prepared to definitely say 100% that we've won it. Give it another two or three games and maybe, but yeah. Okay. Let's just hold back on it for the time being.
1: Fair enough. Um, I, I like your kind of a, you know, your laid back approach. I mean, pretty much, I'm not even going to lie. You know, speaking about Ginny and working out, I'm doing the exact same because I'm going to carry gags, herinda, cam, kia, all on my shoulders. Around Liverpool, it's going to be done on parade day. That's how much I'm dedicated to this. Plus, I'll get really strong too. Thank you so much, Nick. And enjoy you the rest of your weekend.
5: Good. Yes, you too. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Take care. So that was G's on toast, also known as Nick shocker right we're gonna move on to our next caller it's somebody that always takes the piss out of me in the chat he's brave enough to have a conversation with me today kind of hung out with him last season it's gonna be great to speak to him it is of course the legendary Steve Pizza Steve welcome to the show well I thought it was Steve Pizza where is he
4: His sound doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> do, do you want to like, come back he... to Steve once he's sorted? He can he can interrupt us,
1: <laughs> okay? Cool, all right then. So, you know what we'll do? Whilst Steve is doing god knows what sorting his sound out, let's kind of talk about the team lineup. Let's just quickly just discuss that. And Ruth, I'll come to you first. Uh, I always kind of start off with the team lineup. I mean, w- what did you make of the team lineup? It was pretty much how I expected Liverpool to kind of. Start, you know how how they'd like kind of um set up. I thought maybe Fabinho would get the nod, but then given the fact that he's been out for so long, it kind of made sense to go with Ox. I mean, any qualms from you?
3: Um, no, no issues Robbie. me. I was, yeah, Fabinho was the main talking point and the um thing I had in my head when I was looking at the team lineup. But um, I think what you've seen at United with Rashford being rushed back from injury and playing injured as well. Um, one of the big differences between Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Klopp is the fact that Klopp knows when to bring his players back from injury and make sure they're embedded back into the team properly. Mm-hmm. So to see Fabinho on the bench and not even have to really um, exert himself it, it is good. So then he can come back later on in the season or next game if it is then to hopefully come back stronger. But um I thought I was quite surprised to see Oxlade Chamberlain start. I thought he had quite a poor game, um, away at Spurs last weekend. And usually when players have a bad game, they, um, usually drop out of Liverpool's team for the next, the following week for the starting lineup. Um, but then saying that when Lolana did come on, he really struggled as well. So I, um, I guess there's no surprise there, but overall I was pleased with the team. I was, um, surprised to see the amount of, um, opportunity Robertson had going forward, considering they played a 5-3-2. Um, that's United, you know, that is. But overall, I thought, yeah, it was a strong lineup, and that it's that element of consistency that we've had for about 18 months now, uh, near on two years, that has made Liverpool such a strong team.
1: It has, absolutely. I think the way Jurgen Klopp does manage players, Kev, is absolutely spot. And I love the fact that Reese made that point there making a comparison to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because, of course, in the chat box, we've kind of heard the the news about Rashford there and you know and he's had a really impressive season for Man United and you know all things considered as well so the fact that Jurgen Klopp really kind of looks after his players that have come back from an injury and the way he manages time and of course the way he managed Ox today as well taking him off in the second half and then even the new signings as well you know really takes his time with them so I want to get your thoughts of the team lineup was it pretty much what you expected?
2: Yeah pretty much Um, you know as as Rhys said you kind of take a look at uh, the only maybe is sort of Ox. Everybody else kind of fits in. I love Ox. It's just, you know, if you, as you said, if you kind of have a poor game, sometimes Jurgen kind of takes you out of the limelight a little bit and puts you back in. But then, again, you look at the bench and who else is it going to be. So when it, when it came out, I was pretty happy with that because I figured United would go at least five at the back, if not 11. <laughs> um, so so it, was good to see, um, it was good to see somebody like Ox who can also dribble uh, for penetration as well as you know playing passes and being like the sort of workhorse midfield that we're we're sort of used to um but everybody else picks themselves and i think what is this the the seventh clean sheet in a row or some, something like that six or seven and you know the defense has been great uh allison's been great and the front three are, are, are the front three and even when they have bad games they still come up in big moments so the uh yeah, I think the the lineup was great. And um looking at their lineup they tried to double bank some left backs, it looks like. I don't know what they were really planning on, but um it obviously didn't work all they so sorry about that. <laughs> well,
3: that's exactly what um Spurs did last week, isn't it, with um Tanganga and Aurier, um, to try and support yeah. But it, I think that one of the biggest things with this Liverpool team is that they, they find so many different ways to hurt the opposition. Um And doing that through set pieces today was obviously just another way of showing other teams that it's very, very hard to a keep a clean sheet, but then b score at the other end as well.
2: And I think it was after I think it was after the lesser game when we were speaking about you know you can try to shut down Trent, but then you just get hurt everywhere else on the pitch, and then if you don't shut down Trent, you get mauled four uh, nil, you know, away. So it's yeah. just we just get beat. We could just be any any team in a number of different ways. And very nonchalant header from a very nonchalant defender was the way it started.
1: <laughs> and we're wondering if Steve's back yet.
4: He's back, but I don't think his sound's back. So he's... he's, he's Can trying, you hear me
6: now? There he is. Hey, hey It's just a VPN. I had my it's VPN not. on. Sorry, boys and girls. Hello, Nina. Thank you for my intro.
1: Yeah, good. I was, I'm glad you heard it because I'm not going to repeat it again.
6: I know, Just... I know. One, <laughs> one chance and one chance only, right? I like my man Mo. But listen, yeah. I caught the end of Gags' rant, uh, which I fucking loved. And I think, I assume that the question was about what you could get your mum. And you know what you can get your mum to make her feel better? 19 fucking red roses. Just put them in a the big bar <laughs> and send them to her. If I had her address, I'd send them from Panama to your mum and say, tough Nina's mum. I know you're a lovely, lovely Man U fan. But just just what Gags was saying about having to suffer from 30 years of it, I actually do know one other nice Man U fan. And he's my best mate from high school. He's not... I mean best mate from, from, from school, right? And, um, and he supported Manchester United when they were shit in the seventies and they got one odd victory. He supported them in the eighties when they were Mm -hmm. terrible. And then it was beautiful today because just at the end of the match, after Marwood scored, he sends me a note and he said, I thought we deserved a draw. And I just love that because that means that they're going to stick with Ollie for another season or two or whatever. They can't see the light. They haven't seen the light and he's not a big Ollie fan actually, but I just, I just melted inside when I saw it because I thought, it's great. Just because for 10, 15 minutes, we lost a little bit of control in that second half. You know, having battered them. I mean, they didn't even get into our half in the second half for the first, what, 15, 20 minutes. They didn't even step foot in it. And when, for all of us on this pod, listening to this game and watching this game, when have we ever been able to say that about Manchester United? 15, 20 minutes. They just didn't even get in our half. And you know, they did have their chances over the side, but that is what I want to say.
1: Are you talking about the tables kind of turning? I mean, in a sense that we're kind of way back when we were quite
6: on it, yeah. Perch
1: on yeah. it, okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> that's, you know, what, it.
6: That's, that's actually what you could put on the little card that you said to your mum with the 19 red roses. Perch yes. on it, it, love, love nin, yeah. There you go. Boom, <laughs> I'm sure it will make it feel better, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah you know, this this was meant to be a podcast kind of looking at you know dissecting the Liverpool game but here we are trying to uh, trying, to, trying fix to help your mom, my broken mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah
6: yeah you I know, you know um, but that's it that's, that's got, it's we're not getting off that perch anytime soon so okay. and and if they continue I mean my point is I mean my genuine serious football point is if united fans think that they were in with a chance of getting a draw in that game then they really are fucking deluded. That is my point.
1: That is your point. Okay, we will lead with that point. And Kevin, I'll come to you as well because let's be honest. We kind of spoke about the first half, and you know, you've got United fans thinking they should have earned a draw because I thought you know, where Liverpool started turning a little sloppy in the second half, but you know, where legs start looking a little tired and Lalana comes on and such things, you know, United do get back into the game a little bit more. But as a whole, if you look at like. Them talking about a draw, Liverpool had a legitimate goal like chalked off by VAR, you know. Like right. it's, it wasn't in the first half. Even though we kind of spoke about Liverpool not being as great as they were as the way they started off the second in the second, but Liverpool should have been out of sight in the first half. Let's be honest.
2: Yeah, no, I think we should have. I mean, uh, what was it? The third. The should have been third was certainly offside, although on the sort of quick camera angle that i that i had it looked on side but the second one uh the the first one that was chalked off it should have been the second goal i mean if it would if it happened to us i'd be really pissed off if a goal went in like that based off that but i don't he has legitimate claim to go for the ball and he kept his hands down and i mean i have no idea what what they're making a what they're gonna call on that for it's it was a little bit it would have annoyed me more if we weren't as good as we are, because I figured we'd get a lot more chances. Um, you know, if, if that had happened two or three years ago, I would have been absolutely livid because you, you only get a couple of chances to get United. Usually um, they're pretty shite now. So um, it didn't bother me that much, but I think, I mean, I don't know the rules that we should get, you know, Dylan's floating around. He's a he's a referee in the in in the US. So we should get him on to to tell us the rules. But as far as I'm aware, that's a legitimate move, and I don't think that's a that's a foul at all. Um, I don't know, Reese, what he got for me? <laughs> Anything?
1: And, and Reese, and it speaks volumes as well to see the likes of like David de Gea absolutely up in arms about that. You know, uh, you know, their the best keeper, and I say in quotes, their best keeper in in the Premier League having a hissy fit like that, where for me it was a legit challenge. There was nothing in that. Even even the likes of Gary Neville, Tyler, everyone was pretty much saying he he got more hard done by against Everton.
3: Yeah, I, I have a bit of a refereeing background as well. And
1: Oh, come on, hit us, hit us.
3: Yeah, uh, well, I thought with VAI, you've got the benefit of a lot of angles and slow motion as well. In real time, I thought it was a fair challenge, but Looking back on it, it did look like De Gea had it in both hands just about by like maybe a millisecond. Um, which then I think made Van Dyke's header, um, obviously made him lose control of the ball. So I think I'd have complaints if it happened the other way around. And that's always the way I try and look at it. If that was Allison, um, and that was, uh, Rashford or Greenwater, whoever, um, I'd probably want to foul against, against them, but. Overall, in the end, it didn't really matter, did it? And I think that's the beautiful thing of this Liverpool team at the moment. No matter what decisions seem to go against us, we always seem to uh, dig out the three points and the goals come from somewhere else. So it doesn't really bother me that much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what, what would you what would you say to the point that Steve made that, you know, there were United fans that were kind of saying, well, you know, the United fan that he knew and even my mum as well, thinking that they played really well in the second half in, in that period that we spoke about where they kind of felt like a draw would have been a fair result. I mean, w- what is your response to that from watching the game and being objective as well? You know, let's take our Liverpool hat off. I mean, if you were yeah. watching that, do, do you think they deserve the point?
3: Um, based on chances created and the quality quality of them, definitely not. But i i do sympathise with United fans a little bit by the fact that this Liverpool team is so hard to play against, um, and I think to an extent they played the best United play set up as well as they could and played as well as they could within their sort of um, the bracket of the quality they have available, especially with Rashford injured. Um, so I, I do understand their point that they thought they could have perhaps got a point, but I think that was more of a, of a reflection of how. Um, desperate they are to get something off of this great Liverpool team and I from a neutral point of view if you try and look at it from that I don't think um, a draw would have been a fair result overall.
1: Absolutely and Kev I'll bring you into this one as well because of course if we I mean I'm kind of thinking about the United chances and stuff and I think the closest that they kind of came to was the Martial shot and I thought, you know, Rossolow was a lot closer and should have finished the the first one that he had in in the second half. And you know, you you have the likes of Jordan Henson hitting the crossbar. I mean, I don't have the I don't have the XG at hand, but it just looked like we seemed to have more shots. I think in the first ten minutes of the second half, we had seven shots. I think two on target. I, I feel like maybe in in terms in a stats sense, we were head miles ahead of them. So you talked to me about that. I mean, do do you think I mean, I was that their best shot the Martial one, I think it was.
2: Um there was one. So I was I usually follow the stats along um mm. while I'm watching the match and I th- I missed I had to do something with my daughter. She was asking for something. So I missed something from Pereira and it looked like yeah. that was their highest xG. I don't know what mm. what, what on there. Um,
3: attack and um I think it was Wambasaka who played it across and um, to Pereira and he just about um, missed the ball or stretched for it and didn't quite reach it from a couple of yards out and that was their best chance. I've just got the... Was um... that
1: the first half? Was that the first, that the first half? Yeah, half, yeah, yeah, first yeah half. it was yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. offside, wasn't it? Yeah, it was call...
2: They may have called... I mean, I don't know if, if he had made contact, maybe they would have done they, something about it, but... They didn't,
4: they didn't call it offside.
3: Yeah, it. yeah. I've got it down as a shot on the XG map I'm using, but um, yeah, sorry. <laughs>
2: No, it's all right. They, uh, yeah, so that was the only one. And then I think there was another martial one because they're listed as having two big chances and missing yeah. two and us having three and making one because we missed two as well, apparently. Um, so yeah, I mean, they did, I think as, as Reese was saying, they did okay for sort of the level of <laughs> the level that they're at now. They certainly didn't roll over, but this was, they were just, they were beaten by a better personnel filled, a better, strategic coach and just a better team and that's that's just the way it is now with united and i think the gap has been sort of building between us and them they've been sort of declining as we've been growing and they've got a big hole to to pull themselves out of and you know money can take you to a certain level but you have to get the right management and you have to have the right personnel to actually put something together. And, you know, as we said earlier, it's 30 points with a game in hand this season and they don't look like they're getting any better. They have some good players like Rashford's, as we said, Rashford's been having a pretty good season. um, Pretty great season actually. And, uh, you know, now he's double stress fractured because he had to play every game and, you know, his maybe not been managed great um, from the medical side. And that's something that we have. And that's something that Juergen, um, you know, Jurgen definitely uses to, to maybe it's to some some of his chagrin sometimes when he wants certain players, but you know, we're we're better than them in every aspect of the of of being a football club right now. Um and it's a great it's a great feeling.
1: Absolutely. It's a fucking wonderful feeling. Steve, I'll bring you in, let let you have the final word and then we'll carry on with the podcast. You've heard what the lads have said. Let you have the final say.
6: No, i I think uh there's some great points there I think they they did they did as well as they could have done, but we still basically were clearly the better team, and I think that is something that is not going to go away thirty points with a game in hand, and you know your best player out with a double stress double stress fracture because you've overplayed him you know that is not a football club that's being run properly it's not a football team that's been. I uh, utilise the best it can because it's got such a big difference to it. So That's a nice perch to be sat back on top and that's why you need to send your mum the roses. There you go, <laughs> <laughs>
1: There you go. Well, Steve, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your weekend.
6: Thanks for having me on. Pleasure as always. Have a great weekend, guys. Hope the sure. Reds. Ciao.
1: Take care. Okay, so that was Steve Pizza. Right, back with me and my panel. It is, of course, Reese and Kev. Let's talk about the Reds and... Reese I'll come to you, uh, Virgil van Dijk. We we know what he's all about and Liverpool, him, his header, his height, his everything. I mean it, that goal came I mean every goal comes at the right time, but for me that goal came at the perfect right time because I felt like Liverpool didn't start off the game with the right intensity or you know, they were sort of you know, they didn't kind of start the game as full throttle as I'd expected them to. And then I felt like when we got that goal, I felt like we just looked more in cruise control. So talk to me about that goal and, you know, just how you felt for it, because I think Maguire got a lot of um stick.
3: Yeah, I think it was another um exam- example of why zoner marking doesn't quite work, Um, because Brandon Williams, I think, was the blocker for Van Dyke's run. And if you look at the two players, there's such a stark contrast in their uh, stature. But, yeah, it's one of those goals, isn't it, that, when it, when you score it, it, you kind of celebrate it, but it's kind of a sigh of relief as well. And that's sort of, right, we can calm down now. Um, I've not got the stats to hand, but I don't know the last time Liverpool conceded, um, any points after going ahead in the game. But, uh, yes, I thought Van Dijk was superb. I'd, I'd be tempted to give him out of the match. Um, obviously a very important goal, like you say, in a port, at an important time. But as well as that, he was just, he was superb. I'd, I do run out of words to say about him and this team in general, really. But yeah, he was great. Um, so was Joe Gomez as well. And since Gomez has come in, he's they've obviously got um I think it's seven league clean sheets in a row now, um, which is great. Uh, but then you have Matip as well or Lovren who can obviously play alongside Van Dijk because Van Dijk is that good. And the main the main uh, selling point with Van Dijk is that. No matter who's alongside him, he just makes him yeah. look so much better.
1: Absolutely, of course it does. And Kev, I mean, I think Reese has made some really excellent points there because I felt like, you know, when there's a lot of questions asked and the likes of Greenwood came on, I thought, you know, the experience and just the leadership of uh, Virgil van Dyke in the back was really, really called upon. And I thought, you know, he did. I thought defensively he did really well in terms of marshalling everyone uh, in an attacking sense. Talked to me about the goal. And you know what? Even that pass, I think it was in the first half, um, where he just kind of like just plays this majestic pass to Marceline. You're like, oh my God, that ball. You know, he, he can literally do everything.
2: Yeah, I think if he tried hard enough, he could play every position on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, I've never seen. So there's always been these like footballers through time where you watch them and you they look like they're not doing much but they're doing everything. Everything just looks so easy for them and that's yes. what that's what Virgil's like just everything looks easy for him. The goal looked like he didn't really give a shit to be scoring it. And he like he just every pass, every tackle, you know, towards the end of the game he's heading the ball away into the other half of the pitch just just for kicks to get it out of our – to give us a little bit of time. He plays passes like a midfielder. He's just – he's got everything. He's the best center back on the planet. Um, I'm glad he's with us. I, and I think we're fortunate to have sort of leaders all over the pitch, and he's definitely – you know, he's the big man. They all call him the big man, and, and there's a reason for that. Um And he just marshals everybody that's next to him. I think having Gomez playing next, next to him is just going to make Gomez that much better. Um The kid's obviously got a high ceiling, and he's really talented. Um But it's important to have that player next to him who can kind of bring him through matches. Maybe, you know, he doesn't have the experience that Van Dyke does. And, I mean, we say that, but Van Dyke's relatively young for a center back. Um but yeah, now he's he's fantastic, and and I think you're right. It's it's one of those. We started a bit slow. It was a bit. I don't want to say it was even, but nothing was really happening um, in the beginning of the match, and then we just we got a corner off, you know, off of working a little bit harder, and then you know Trent another assist for the for the boy, and you know Virgil puts it puts it back in the net, and and then we're in cruise control for the rest of the the half because we could just ride out the game, and then as we talked about before, it went a little bit different in the second half, but yeah he's immense he's he's just he's got everything and he's good looking so he just got everything going on for him (laughs) i don't know what else to say about the guy that hasn't been said before
1: there you go the complete package that is virgil van dyke right there it was great to see him scoring as well and yep incredible stuff right guys what we'll do is we'll we'll kind of talk about some like positions, and I think what we can, I thought what I found fascinating, and, um, Kev, I'll stick to you. One of the battles I found really fascinating, certainly in the first half, was the battle between Mambisaka and Robertson. I thought there was a lot of action going on there. And I thought, you know, Robertson, I thought he, he looked quite, from, I mean, I, he, People need to be aware of this. We literally watch the game and we come on and do this podcast. So emotions are raw. You go back later, you watch the game, you kind of realize, okay, maybe I kind of saw something a little different. This is an instant raw reaction. But Kev, talk to me because I thought for a majority of the first half, I thought, you know, some of them at Robertson's passing was a little bit off. Meanwhile, on Trent, they kind of doubled up on that side. I thought Man United, they tried, you know, sort of um, putting more pressure on that side. Talk to me about, talk to me about the fullbacks because I felt like United tried. Doing everything to kind of sniff out our, our wide men,
2: right? And I mean, it's it's no secret that our, our we progress the ball out wide, and you know our fullbacks are, are really important. Um, and they did they tried to double bank against Trent, like like Spurs did. And they, mm. it, to to their credit, both teams had some success with that. It's just you know Trent. If you get him in a dead ball situation, you can't double bank against him. Um, so, um, and Raba wasn't at his best today. Um, yeah. and when, when they kind of shut down Trent, Trent, you need other players on the pitch to sort of pick up the slack. And, you know, we did that through Virgil and we did that through, you know, the work of the midfield. And obviously the front three are so talented, but, you know, Raba didn't have his best game. I don't think he did too much wrong defensively or anything like that. Um, yeah, but his passes were, yeah, a yeah. little bit. Um, but, that said, Wambasaka is a. He's actually. A, I know we rip on United, but. And they probably overpaid for him. I don't know, but he's a good defender. He's probably the best defensive fullback in the league last year, um, for certain. Um, and he probably. Robbo probably struggled a little bit against him while having a poor game, and that sort of sort of stands out. That said, Bobby Firmino sent Wambasaka to the cleaners, uh, <laughs> down by the baseline. Um, so he's not a. He's not that great yet. Uh but yeah, no, Robo had I mean a poor game for him isn't really a poor game, and a poor game for our fullbacks isn't a poor game in this team. But um but yeah, you know, it wasn't at his best. And as we said, Trent was kinda kinda marshalled a little bit by United, but that opens up other spaces on the pitch for us to exploit and uh and we did it in the end. We did
1: do it in the end. Over to you, Reese.
3: Yeah, I thought um what um Kev said really about Robertson, I thought he was um he was really active. I'm just looking at some of the stats, and he he was more active in terms of passing than uh, Trent, both in the final third and overall as well. But I think that might have been a bit of a ploy from Man United because, obviously, uh, like Kev said, the um, the creativity of the fullbacks is a, a big outlet for Liverpool. But um, yeah, I thought Robertson, probably, like you say, did have one of his poorer games, but. I think it, that might have been a result of United's tactics to keep the ball down uh, Liverpool's left and away from Trent, who obviously is so dangerous, even though, like I said, he got one assist as well. But, um, yeah, I think it's also quite hard when you're playing against a uh, defensive um, five at the back when you have wan playing uh, right wing back. But ultimately, he's not really getting past the halfway line that much. Um, then Linda lost just behind him as well. So it, it was tricky for Robertson. Um, but it, I think it's just a reminder that he's, a, he's actually only 25. I thought he was a lot older than that, um, <laughs> the other day. So he's got what, probably five years left until he's, um, nearing the end of his peak and hopefully in Liverpool colours. So yeah, plenty more to come from him in the future. And I do think, um, Trent as well. Obviously, I think that partnership, um, of both the full backs is something that we can only look at to be a positive in the future. I just, it w- I will be interesting to see whether teams for the rest of the season stick with the back five against Liverpool, because I do think it's um, the most effective way of um, stopping that creative outlet.
2: Yeah, and if you have the choice, you're going to let Robbo have the ball, right? So <laughs> um, you, you kind of picture Robertson in transition you know you picture him yeah. like kind of charging and working hard and charging up the field and you know bring like laying it in from the left and that sort of curl towards Moe at the back post but you know when they when they sit with the back 5 and then they just you know sit with 3 in front of them and then it's difficult to to get anything done and i think he was just trying things i, I didn't look at the stats so it looks like as a reset it's just he was probably just trying things and some of it was loose and you know it happens but uh, yeah, him... and I,
3: that's probably something that'll well, he'll improve on as the years go on. Like you say, he's very good in transition and that's his main strength uh, with his pace and getting uh, setting off the attackers. But the more he, he plays against teams in a back five, the more he's going to develop on the ball and finding those passes like um, Trent's obviously come so accustomed to recently. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's, I guess that would be another string he can add to his bow in the future.
2: Yeah, and as a pair, they're the. I don't think there's a better full-back pairing in Europe. Agreed. Oh, so.
3: <laughs> um, I was looking across Europe um, the other day at other left-backs and there aren't really that many that stand out at the moment that are performing better than Robertson, which right. is amazing really considering um, where he was a couple of years ago. But yeah, he's definitely one of the world's best, um, just in as a le- speaking in left-back terms alone.
1: Huh. Yeah, you know what, Klopp will love that that's the ultimate Rocky Balboa story then isn't it, you know, look where he was and look where he is right now, yeah. absolute elite Okay, so we kind of spoke about the defence, defence did pretty well and you know there were some pressure moments they, they held their nerve and even in an attacking sense as well, you know, being part of goals and, and you know, and all that good stuff, um, we will talk about the goalkeeper in, in, in a in a bit Spoken about the midfield let's talk about The attack and Reese, I'll come to you first because one thing that kind of really impressed me about the attack, certainly in the first half was, um, when they were pressing the United defense and we were playing with a bit more higher intensity, I felt like they looked really panicked. I mean, we saw Sadio Mane absolutely pressing them on the counter as well. You know, Sadio Mane, Salah being absolutely devastating. I felt like both in particular, Morsala and Sadio Mane actually had, you know, pretty decent games to begin with.
3: Yeah, yeah, I thought they, they looked, um, pretty good. It's, it's just, I think with Salah especially, I think it's a case of, um, knowing when to pass the ball, which is obviously, I'm going into minute detail here about what can improve with this Liverpool team, but there are times where he just looks a bit, it's around that, on the corner of the, um, 18 yard box when he just looks a bit predictable coming in with his left foot and like he's going to bend it into the top corner, like he, has done so many times but yeah I thought they were good I thought Bobby was good as well his movement to pull up pull that um back three whatever back five whatever you want to call it to pull them around was really good and especially against Harry Maguire as well who we all know cost a lot of money to Man United um but yeah they were good um I I think one thing that you could say is that Luke Shaw was playing as a a left-sided centre-back which might have um, allows Salah to look a bit better than he probably would do against a normal, um, either left back or left centre back. But yeah, they were good. Um, I, I guess it's a case now of who can, uh, challenge to become one of the top scorers in the league. Obviously, they both, uh, were joint with Aubameyang last season. But, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see if any sort of, well, all over the pitch really with the full backs as well on assists, whether any sort of little, uh, competition start become arising after. Obviously, hopefully, the league is now wrapped up. But yeah, no, they were good.
1: They were very good. And I'd like to get your thoughts on, on this, Kev, as well. You know, the front three, we always kind of talk about maybe two have a great game, maybe one not as as on it. And I felt like, you know, the two that we spoke about actually had really decent games. I thought Bobby was probably less. Again, he was probably a little guilty in certain phases of that, of that game where his passing was a little loose. But, you know... He just has to pop up and score a magical goal. And my God, that goal was ridiculous. It's almost criminal that it was chalked off. But, you know, he and, you know, again, putting some of the United players on their arses with his dribbling. And, you know, but as a whole, I thought uh, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah were probably, probably started off the brightest.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think when, I, when the game first started kicked into gear, I was like, in my head, I went, wow, Moe's really on it. And it may have been he, he was afforded a bit more space, you know, as Reese said, um, the way they set up. But, yeah, as the game went on, though, I thought Mo was actually not the best out of the three. Like, I, obviously, he came through in the end, and he always works really hard. And you can see him, like, tracking back and defending when they happen to get through the middle in the second half and all that. But I thought maybe he would have been subbed off. Um, but obviously <laughs> that's not how it panned out um but he was uh I thought he kind of besides working hard he didn't have his best game um, I thought Bobby was better uh, recently he's kind of just been really slack especially was it against Spurs when he was like really slack with everything was that a spurs I don't remember but um and money's just been having a great season overall so he's just you know he's always up for it he the guy I think we spoke about it uh last game because I was a caller what do we speak about Mane just never Mm -hmm. getting a rest for like two years and he's still playing at this level um and he's just been great and you can see the the appreciation for the fans when he comes off and um yeah but uh Mo didn't really have his best game in my opinion obviously he came up with a huge goal um at the end just kind of sealed let's
1: talk about that goal (laughs) this is easy and my god it's crunch time you're nervous, you're in injury time, you see Allison, and you know what, when he released that book, because I did not see more there, I was like, no, Ali, hold on to it, you know, kill yeah. some time. <laughs> My God, that assist, that pass, I mean, it just goes to show the elite mentality and quality of this team to think like that in those times.
2: Yeah. They're just always, they're always on it. I'd never seen a team more on it than, than this team, and you know, and to be honest, Allison's passing wasn't great all, all game and he just grabs it, looks up, blasts it and mows on his way. It's just, they're always, it's just instinctual and it's, uh, and he's on his way and he holds off a defender and makes De Gea look like an idiot and good for him. Take his shirt off, celebrate. It's great. And I'd like to note here, can, can the UP guys take a look at how fast Allison's sprint was? For the celebration he was the first guy there it
4: won't be on them
2: um, it won't <laughs> actually be it won't, it won't actually be on video with it
4: <laughs> yeah he's and also it's <laughs> outside of game time <laughs>
2: yeah yeah okay because <laughs> he was the first guy there and did the reina leg you know knee slide and and the, the whole thing and it just surprised me that he has the assist and gets there first it's just it was great um but yeah, it was, uh, you know, and Moe's that type of guy where he, where in my opinion, he didn't have his greatest game, but he's great in, in big moments. And he just put them away, destroyed the way they felt. Cause they were getting corners, you know, they're getting closer. You have Van Dyke in the back, heading the ball away, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards, but still they had a couple of corners there and anything can happen. A mistake can, can cost us points there. And you, it just proves how big we were saying in the, in the discord chat, it proves how big Bobby is at defending corners. Um, there's just there's extra work to do when he's not on the pitch and and we were kind of struggling a little bit um but then you know Ali claims it he maybe he should have held it, but he was he was looking for the killer and that's exactly what we got in mo and and he killed it
1: yeah Reese your thoughts on that because I think kev spot on I don't think Botham had particularly probably the best games uh but when called upon killed them in the face in the last minutes, and that's exactly what they did the pair of them, so talk to me about that and what did you feel? I mean, like, for me, it was just like, fuck, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah, it was a it was kind of a weight off my shoulders. It was one of those yeah. games isn't it, that you, Salah, did, he missed a pretty good chance. Um, mm. I can't remember if it was the first or second half, but it was just one of those chances where you think that might come back to bite us. But yeah, he always seems to pop up with the uh, crucial goal, doesn't he? But yeah, I thought, I think you hinted it a minute ago, uh, Nina, when you said about Alisson... Uh, just blasting it upfield when you couldn't see the other camera angle of what was uh, in behind. But I thought it was quite ballsy of him to, well, just in general, really, to play that ball. I thought you could have easily just, as keepers so usually do, just go to ground and soak up the final. I think it was, what, a minute or two left. Mm. Um Yeah, and on all round, I think the way I think pictures tell it better than words can in terms of um the picture you see of Allison sliding on his knees towards the Cup and uh, all the fans celebrating in the Cup as well. And then it would, I guess it would be nice to see a reverse angle of the away end as well. But I'm not sure we'll see one of them.
1: No, we won't. I think what was kind of, uh, for me now, just looking back at that, for me what's really interesting is the fact that with obviously the likes of Sadio Mane and Bobby Firmino off as well. It was almost like, I think Morsala kind of maybe took it upon himself that he is one, you know, the, the, the senior player in, in terms in an attacking sense and, you know, basically no, no margin for error, you know, and um, there's no one to pass it to. I'm the only one here. And I felt like maybe that, that pressure added to him just kind of made him just that little bit more cutthroat in, in an attacking sense because usually it's normally the likes of somebody like Sadio Mane running with him because they're equally as quick and it was basically all on him to to do what he needed to do and, uh, you know, a great way to kind of end that game. Guys, let's kind of go back to um some of the players that came on and Kev, I'll come to you because Adam Lalana came on and I did not tweet anything horrible because the last time I did that, it bit me on the ass at Old Trafford, <laughs> you know, but he did come on and, you know, um, for me, I don't think he had the best of games. That's not a slight on him, but I felt like we, it felt like we were kind of losing control, um, uh, nothing too costly or serious, but he, for me, he wasn't the right man in that game.
2: Right. Uh, I just think he, I don't know, it just felt like he couldn't keep up. Like mm-hmm. his, when he came on, they... The game was at this certain pace and it just opened up all of a sudden and then United were kind of really pushing and it became more of like a basketball game, which you would think, I mean, which we don't want, but you'd think that somebody who's kind of known for just continually running on a clock would be okay in, but it just, yeah, he wasn't great. That was a pretty bad cameo, to be honest. Um, and then towards the end, I know he came on in a sub in the second half and towards the end, you know, Gags was saying in the Discord group that he looked tired, like he, like he couldn't keep up. And he only came on for you know less le- you know what thirty minutes less than a half I can't even remember what, what minute he came on but um yeah it, it wasn't great um and it just showed the control we had in the first half and then the you know sort of at the beginning of the second half when we were we were pushing and probably should have scored um, was kind of lost then and we needed to kind of regain it again um, and luckily the de- the defense is so good that we kind of held out and then got, you know, a little bit more control again and then just held them at bay and then killed them in the end. And, but yeah, it's not, not a good look for Adam there. Um, yeah, I think he could be used in certain situations, um, you know, and I, I don't mind him playing midfield against certain teams. I just think maybe we were out of, out of options for that amount of time and it was probably a planned substitution for Ox. Um, and it just, it just didn't work out, but you know, no harm, no foul. So here we are.
1: Absolutely. Here we are talking about 2-0 win over Man United. Reese, I'll come to you because I felt like even Klopp, maybe, you know, I'd like to get your thoughts on Adam Lalland's performance, but I think even then, I think the penny kind of dropped for Jurgen Klopp as well, thinking, hang on a minute, I need a shield, I need a screen here. And maybe Fabinho needs to come on, get him some running out time as well. Just kind of shore up the midfield as well, because as Kev alluded to earlier on in the podcast when Lalana came on the workload kind of doubled for the likes of Ginny Aldam and of course Jordan Henderson so bringing Fabinho on and kind of playing you know a bit more of a a more kind of solid midfield was I thought needed in that instance.
3: Yeah I think you're right it probably was a planned substitution for Klopp but I don't know if anyone saw mm-hmm. that um, when Oxlade-Chamberlain did come off for Lalana that he was he didn't look too happy on the bench. I think he hit, uh, one of the chairs in front of him when he sat down. Um, yeah,
1: you, see, if you look at him like you need to calm down because he's such a cool guy. He's just like, yeah, that,
3: that, that put a bit of doubt in my head whether it was a planned substitution that, um, Oxlade Chamberlain knew about. Um, but yeah, Kev was right about, um, Lalana when he came on. He was, he did struggle to keep up and I think he's, a useful player at times, Lalana, but I think Klopp probably got that decision wrong in terms of bringing him on at um, quite an important time in the game. Um, obviously, in such a high pressure, high intensity game as well, what a lot of people can't see watching it on TV is that in the stadium, it's probably a much different ball game to just watching it at home because obviously it's such a historic rivalry that goes back so many years. It's not a case of being able to come on and um drift through a game but yeah Lalana did struggle and I think Fabinho coming on was I was quite surprised to be honest in terms of um bringing him back into action considering he didn't start but um yeah maybe it was a ploy from Klopp that he was like right we do need to just shore things up now um but that that's not a criticism of Lalana. I think every a lot of players on the Liverpool bench would have struggled coming into that sort of environment um but that's not to say he's not a useful player for the rest of the season. I think he will have um, games where he does start and he makes a positive, positive impact. Um, and it was only a couple of weeks ago that fans were singing his praises after the game against Everton. So maybe uh, if anyone is likely to criticise him seriously, they should uh, bear that in mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, uh, you know, it just. I would have, um, you know, at that point. Uh, I would have liked to have seen maybe a Fabinho come on, but Oxley chamberlain needed his rest as well. So it kind of made sense to kind of make that like-for-like replacement. I didn't think he had the best of games, uh, but I I deal with the player and the performance game by game. You know, I will not go out there and say he's been awful because like you just said, I thought he was pretty decent against Everton, but that's not really hard these days. You know, they are absolutely dreadful. So, yeah, those were my thoughts on that. Guys, Um, I'm just thinking, what else was there? What kind of takeaway did I take from that game i mean like, see fab I, back. yeah it was great to see fab back and kev i'll come to you with that one because we need him back it's crunch time of the season yeah we might be 16 points ahead in the league but we've got the champions League football coming up as well right. we need the guy
2: yeah it's just another i mean midfield rotation is important for us because they're just workhorses um yeah. Fab keeps us a bit calmer, I think. Uh, that said, J- I mean, Jordan Hedison's probably having his best season in a Liverpool shirt. Um, yes. But Fab keeps us a bit calmer, a bit more steady, depending on who we're playing. Um, good to see him back. Again, probably a planned substitution. Uh, no matter who the opponent is, you kind of got to take your emotion hat off, as we said last week, with, uh, with when it comes to Liverpool substitutions now. Um, but yeah, uh, he's really important, arguably the best DM in the league. Probably him and Conte, um, and probably them two are up and as best in the world. So it's good to, good to have him back. And again, as you said, it's the Champions League coming up, and hopefully we can wrap this league up really early and then uh, concentrate on the Champions League, retaining that, and then maybe you know gunning for uh, for Arsenal's crown jewel. Um, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, great to have Fab back. Um, and I get, I think all the players are kind of all the injured players are slowly coming back now. And I think it's the right time that they come back. We get into February um, and it's crunch time again. Um, So timing is impeccable and and it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride.
1: It's going to be a fun ride. And I'd like to get your thoughts on that as well. You know, just the absolute importance of, you know, Fabinho and what he absolutely offers. The, The midfield has, to be fair, performed remarkably well without him, but, I think Kev's absolutely spot on. Rotation is key. Yep, the league might look like it's pretty much a one-horse race, but Champions League football, Atletico Madrid, you need that kind of player, and he offers so much as well. He's not just um, a um, you know a destroyer in the midfield; he's actually a deep-lying playmaker, in my opinion. Again, another asset and another way teams.
3: Yeah, I, I guess it'll be interesting to see how. Um... How he comes back into the team, because I think a lot of people were surprised about how well the midfield have performed since he, uh, Fabinho was injured. Obviously with Henderson playing that deep lying role, um, he's excelled. And like Kev said, he's had one of, well, probably his best season in the Liverpool shirt, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, um, Fabinho and Henderson are used. I think obviously I th- I'd put, uh, Fabinho back in the role of um, a six or a four, whatever you want to call it, but um, moving Henderson to the right of the midfield three, would be interesting to see how he um, adapts to that role if he does play there or whether Oxlade-Chamberlain plays or um, it depends on the opposition, obviously, but it I guess Fabinho's absence has only taught us one thing and that is that Henderson can replace him easily um, and do his job just as well. Well, not just as well, but he can do a similar job um, to Fabinho, who's like probably one of the world's best um, defensive midfielders, so I guess it's only developed uh, Henderson better as a player and gives Liverpool yet another uh, strength in the midfield.
1: Absolutely, I did a video on this as well on uh, on my uh, Instagram page, Nina Kaza Show. If you want to follow it, and I kind of said just having a player like Fabinho has. Really- maybe helped the likes of Jordan Henson because he actually played alongside a legit DM rather than having to fill a void that he did not know what he had to do because Lucas Leva was, in my opinion, obviously not the best of people to learn from in that position. You know, you want to learn from the best and you know in that system as well. So I have to agree with you. I think the players have really upped their game since playing alongside Fabinho. When he when he when they're with him, they play better when he's not been there, they know exactly what is required of them in that specific role. Um, I, I think it's going really well. And uh, Jurgen Klopp rotating the midfield is absolutely crucial. And can't wait to see the likes of, say, Naby Keita being thrown into that mix. Of course, it's great to see Joel Matip as well on the bench as well for Liverpool there. Hopefully, you know, get some of our defenders back as well in, in Dejan Lovren as well. Guys, I think we have pretty much discussed all the talking points. Is there anything you want to get off your chest about this game before we move on to Man of the Match? kev i'll come to you first
2: uh i don't think so i think i think the era the the dominance flip is has been switched now between us and united and hopefully it continues and they go through 30 plus years of annoyance um because we win everything on the planet so uh yeah not much else great game to win great game to be on a on the show for you with you and uh Nice to have Reese back together. This should be the duo from yeah. now from now on. It should.
1: This is it. Give them both a fucking medal. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. Yeah, again, get them on that podium, on that bus parade. Reese, what about yourself? Any takeaways from that game that you feel kind of need to be highlighted? I'd like to get your thoughts, and then we can move on to man of the match.
3: Yeah, I think it, I think it would be quite easy to sit back and say um another three points and we were superb i don't think it was one of our best games uh, by any stretch of the imagination um and one recurring theme for me was uh from the tottenham game where we always seemed to be ahead in terms of chances created and obviously taking um an early lead as well but it would be, it would be nice to see a more controlled uh, performance uh, in our next league game and just uh, just a bit more measured and be able to fully enjoy watching Liverpool play, um, rather than worrying whether United or Tottenham or whoever is going to get one up a point or three off of us, because I think, um, a lot of fans of other teams now have conceded that we've won the league. So obviously all they're going to be trying to do is, uh, stop Liverpool going beaten for the season, which obviously we hope doesn't happen. But if it does, I think it will be, um, it won't be the end of the world because hopefully we'll make it 19 league titles and the first Premier League title. But, yeah, the one thing for me would be to have a more controlled win um, next time out, which is obviously being very picky. But if Fabinho does come back into the side, I'd probably expect that to happen.
1: Absolutely. And guys, before we go on to of mind the minds, I want to get your thoughts on this. A lot of people talk about this kind of stuff. You you know we're Liverpool fans. We ex- we expect last minute drama, and I think a lot of people can envisage when Liverpool win their first Premier League title, it's going to be in like really dramatic fashion. You know, like the Aguero moment or the last game of the season, maybe like last season. You know that that kind of scenario, given the fact that Liverpool and all their history. I mean. I quite like the fact that we're running away with it. I just want to enjoy and relax it. You know, I want to be undisputed the best. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. How would you want Liverpool to win it? I mean, Can I'm I answer gonna... first? Go on.
4: <laughs> just need to win it. That's it. It doesn't matter. It's it. You know what? All of you, all of you, every single one of you, right, at some point in your life, whilst Liverpool are either top of the league in January or wherever, has just said, I wish everybody would just keep losing so we could just win it by March. Yep. Right, so now we're in that fucking position. Please, nobody moan about dramatic winning titles. This is dramatic, dramatic enough to be the best ever title win. So just enjoy it, just enjoying it. And Reese is just saying, want to win with control? We all do, every team does, but they're achieving such a magnificent run. It's the best run in the history of the top five leagues. A start to the season, if you add the nine games prior, it's just incredible now. So at the end of the day, I just think we we should just accept three points, however they come right now, and enjoy it because the heart rate increase is worth it. It's worth it because otherwise, where's your where? What are you enjoying? What are, really? Liverpool fans are used to having some kind of scare. I don't care for the ninety minutes. Some it's tough. It's tough to watch, but as long as we win, that's the main thing. I think.
1: Sorry, I was on mute again. Sorry, it's every time Gags Gags comes on, I feel the need to mute. Uh, shame I can't mute him. No, he's absolutely spot on, guys. Anything you'd like to add to that before we get to man of the match?
3: I think it's just it's tricky to enjoy it fully, isn't it? As Gags says, after all the drama that has happened in recent years and in history as well, it's it's just so, finding a way of making sure that we can fully just. Drink it all in and make sure that we fully appreciate this Liverpool team because let's not forget where Liverpool were even, I don't know, five years ago. It's, Klopp has just come in and people were laughing at him saying we'd win a title within the next four or five seasons. So it's, um, it's, it's, I think it's one of those seasons where you need to pinch yourself a little bit at times and just make sure that it's real. Um, and as long as this unbeaten run carries on, I think the more unbelievable it will become. And I guess in a sense, losing a game or two might bring us back down to planet Earth because at the moment we are in a completely different world.
1: Yeah, I like staying there. What about you, Kev?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, I mean, I'm aligned with gags. It's just I just want to win it, at least the first one. We can talk about dramatic wins or undefeated seasons and all that stuff, you know, on our... Second, third, fourth Premier League title. But the first one, I just think we need to get done. That said, if any team is going to go undefeated, it's probably this one. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's sort of this hangover from being a Liverpool fan. And I think Reese touched on it. It's, it's almost, I'm trying to be present and enjoy this, um, as much as I can because this team is fantastic, but it's like until it's done, until it's, it's not real for me until it's done. Um, you guys are a bit younger than me, but it's sort of like, sort of like having a kid. Um For the guy, at least it you can prep all you want, but it doesn 't get really real until you hold the kid and that 's that 's where i 'm at right now i 'm like I know it 's pretty much over. Uh, I know everybody 's chalking it up off of you know that we 're going to win the league, but it 's until we have the hands on the trophy it 's not real to me yet, and I just want to get it over the line.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Adam there, he's left those Adam Petitzioni and he says, have to defend the Champions League to be greedy, Kev. <laughs> okay, we want everything. We want the treble one. Yeah, whatever. We'll take it all. Guys, man of the match. And Reese, I will come to you first. Who's your man of the match and why?
3: Um, uh, Virgil van Dijk, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think obviously any defender who contributes okay. um, with goals is a hugely important player in the game but he's so much more more than that as well and we touched on it earlier on he's the way he just leads the team um not only in his actions but his organizational skills as well and I think he's probably the main reason we've kept such a long unbeaten run um at slender leads as well just being one or two nil up he's able to calm the team down and I thought today in such a a big game like no matter how good united are or how bad they are it's always going to be a huge game between the two so yeah he's my man of the match purely for his uh leadership skills which he shows every week but also his goal as well which i thought was well taken
1: absolutely um uh, what about yourself kev i think it's the day for the dutch boys today so let's see where you go <laughs>
2: uh calm as you like it's virgil van dyke right so mm. he just if any game epitomizes who this guy is it's it's a game like this, um he scores, he marshals everybody, we keep a clean sheet, he has some great passes, he's heading balls away, you know when they're attacking and and he's just talking to everybody, keeping everybody in line, and he just barely put a foot wrong. um I think you know he headed one out he maybe shouldn't have, and that was the only thing I can think of that uh that kind of went a little uh, weird for him today, but um. There were some decent performances all over the pitch today, even though it wasn't our best game. But I think by far, uh, Virgil is man, my man of the match.
1: And I think he's Liverpool Football Club's man of the match too. Is your Carlsberg man of the match? So there you go. That's just on Twitter there. I have to give you out the goal scorer and the guy that was probably leading that defence. And it was, you know, quite some trying times for the defence. Held his nerve. Usually we kind of concede in those stupid games. We've seen it so many times in the past. But he kept his nerve. He always does. It's Virgil van Dyke. Resting bitch face. The king of it. I love it. (laughs) Guys, we are the, we have come to the end of the podcast. So. A massive thank you to all our callers. A huge thank you to all our subscribers who joined us live. A massive thank you to these two lads who are just absolutely fucking awesome and guides as well who's been dropping in and out producing. Before I let my guests go, I'll get some plugs from them. Reese, where can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything that you're working on that the listeners should be aware of? Uh,
3: Yes, I'm on Twitter at underscore Reese Chambers. not working on anything currently at the moment, but I will be soon. I've been doing uh, a lot of university essays. So uh, tomorrow I'll get my thinking cap on and get something together for the AI website. I'm a frequent writer on AI. So um, you'll see my stuff on there soon.
4: Here's one Liverpool have won 91 out of 93 points. And the last 93 points, they've contested Premier League. Let that sink in. Not bad.
1: I love that that,
4: that, stuff. Unbelievable.
1: Absolutely. What about yourself, Kev? Uh, Where can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything you're working on?
2: Uh, Twitter is at Kev Hegarty. Um, Nothing really going working-wise right now. I'm trying to get the boys together for another USA pod. Uh, Hopefully that comes soon um but that's about it and my five foot tall scouse mother just showed up at my house to see her granddaughter so that's where i'm off to next um yeah up the reds
1: up the reds okay and gags um any plugs from you
2: yes got lots to plug actually if you're going to
4: stick around um the ai pro firstly make sure you go and subscribe to slash join a lot of our content now the premium content's all there everybody's there Go and listen to it. There's so many amazing shows. You know, Money Talks was out this week under pressure, raw, straight after this. You can go listen to that one. That'll be out. This is live. That one's recorded. They go through every single play in the game. Literally go and listen to that next. Um, what else is there going on? There's, I think there's so many. Mate, don't hate I, I'm getting all of them off the top of my head. It'll be crazy. Moby on the spot with Trev. Um, then, pardon? Oh Mike God. Mennon. The big one. Mr. Nevin has joined us. Mike Nevin, formerly of Tor, has come over to Anvil Index Pro. And uh, yeah, it's uh Scouser Tommy's. What a wonderful start to that, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, go and listen to that. We may, we may release it on the free side this week for you to for you all to listen to. But honestly, it was um such a such a good pod and it's nice because they were sat together that's something we don't get to do on ai because we're all over the world aren't we everybody's in different parts of the world talking mm-hmm. uh kev's from new jersey so he's over there in the states so at the end of the day this is what we try we we this was our plan from the start to try but we need to scousify it up a little bit and it's some scousers and then mike's come to do that and and jim born in liverpool as well as i learned on the pod so <laughs> go and listen to that so yeah apart from that my partner's on a I promised to. Mr. Gibbs and Mr. Hopcroft, if you knew that or not, but they also have another company who's their sister company. So we're trying to help them out as well. And, uh, you know, go and get their VPN service, libertyshield.com. You can use AI code, uh, the, the, sorry, the discount code AIVPN, AIVPN, simple as. You get 25% of everything, everything, the routers, everything using that. So go and help them out as well, please. That would be very nice. And uh, finally, Finally, Nin,
1: mm-hmm.
4: Anfield Index tees.
1: Yeah, but it's not just
4: t-shirts, is it? It's no, it's pretty much everything: sweatshirts, hoodies. Yes, they seem to be baby grows. What
1: the yeah. hell? Yeah, your kid's going to be all clovered out as well. No, it's um, it's going really well. We've got some incredible designs. Some of your cup favorite players have got their own little, you know, designs. The goal scorers things. today? Yeah.
4: Calm as you like, go and check that out, and then Egyptian King as well. Two designs that you should really be all over today. And, and really
1: unbearables and mentality monsters, because they, take- they all kind of take.
4: They all all carried today. So AITs.co.uk that's what you need to go check out and help us out with that. That's something new. We're starting merch.
1: And thank yeah. you to everyone that's been helping and been buying from us. Really, really appreciate Kev it on
4: the show has already bought and he's been modeling for us as has Keem. So, uh, I do look learned learned as good as Keem, but nobody, <laughs> Jesus, that man. Oh man, he's, he's, he looked good, didn't he? So that's good. You know, so, um, um, Yeah, Ginny's arse, Keem's chest. It's just the the way it is, you know?
1: You're building a man here, (laughs) guys.
4: Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Build
1: build me a man.
4: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Build a bear, build a man. But um, yeah, just basically, just um, go and check out all those things that we've talked about. We have provided this service for all of you that are listening uh, on the free. So AI has been free for all this. The Nina show has been free for a long time. This is the longest running post-match show. This is the first ever post-match mm-hmm. show when no one else did it.
1: 231 episodes we today.
4: thought of doing this first. Before anyone else says anything, we thought of doing this first. This has been going for 231 games, Premier League games mostly. I think Nina got tired, got a bit fatigued when she was doing Champions League and Cops, Cops as well, League. so she's yeah. sticking to Premier League only now. But 231 shows, we've been doing this and... You know, just support us a little bit on other things if you can. We we we'd really really appreciate your support on, you know, helping us with Liberty Shield, with dot uh, com, with uh, Anfield Index Pro, or even AITs. There's so much to choose from. Wherever you need, there's some games coming up midweek that might not be on TV. Go and check out VPN stuff. It's all related to football. So, you know, whatever you can do to help us out, that'd be fantastic.
1: Absolutely, do do check out Mo. Um, uh eddie's vpn and and greg's uh, business um it's ai vpn the discount code right you
4: got it you got yep. it everyone.
1: ai vpn check that out you get um a 20 percent off and also aits please help and support us and also give us suggestions as well we're always open to talk and trying to provide a really good service for you because obviously you people matter you guys matter and the feedback has been absolutely incredible it's doing really well and anyone Feel free check out the website. There's also some discounts on the site as well. I think ten percent off if you buy three three items, guys. You know that that, that is a if promo. It is that AIT is... ten, yeah,
4: ten percent off if you buy three items. Yeah, AIT is ten.
1: Absolutely, and um, for my part, I do little videos on um on Instagram, if you're on Instagram, please help me out there and check out my videos I post pretty much daily, I'll be doing that tomorrow and be smug as fuck glowing from within, you know it, it um, to follow me on Instagram, it is the Nina Short. Guys, thank you so much for listening, I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as you enjoyed that result I'll catch you post, um, post Wolves now, so till next time, take care and up the Reds
0: Reds are top of the list The Reds are top of the league!